Hey, welcome to the Access Podcast. We are here to equip and mobilize young Christians in identity and evangelism. Hope you enjoy the video. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Access Podcast. It's Pastor Jared here today. The Access Podcast, our mission is to equip young Christians in identity and evangelism. We're so excited that you joined us today. We got a great episode. I have Pastor Jake with us here today. What's what up? up? What up? And we also have Zach Gershel. He's one of our leaders here at Access. Super honored to have you with us, Zach. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, dude. Dude, give us, give our uh, YouTube channel, our community, just a little bit of a window into who Zach Gershel is, the man, the myth, the legend, Zach Gershel. Who um, are you? What are you up to? Yeah. Different he's not like single, ladies. He's not single. I'm not single. I'm getting married <laughs> on July 16, 2023. So Let's go. Looking forward to that. Um, I've been attending Res Life Church since I was allowed to leave the hospital. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have, the past couple of years, gotten involved in Access. I'm a community leader. Um, and I'm currently finishing up a bachelor's degree in business administration at Davenport University. So just kind of been hanging out at church. Are and they the Panthers? Is that the Panther? They are the, oh my goodness. It's the I Panthers. Forgot. Yeah. <laughs> no. He's an yeah. online student. I'm not, yeah, I'm an online student. So <laughs> just hanging out. Love it. That's awesome, dude. So loyal though. Zach's a deep well of wisdom. So excited to have you guys with us today. So it's going to be super cool. Today, we're going to kind of focus in on the topic of identity. So we quit young Christians and identity evangelism. We're focusing in on identity. And specifically, the topic we're going to cover today is just around the idea of authenticity. You know, uh, young people, Gen, Gen Z, and specifically uh, view authenticity as one of their top values, one of their core values, one of the biggest priorities um, marketing companies was doing like some research, I guess, in preparing for this podcast. And it's funny because marketing companies are like gearing all of their marketing ads towards Gen, Gen Z and all of their marketing campaigns have to do with this idea of not, not perfect, but like authentic and just really representing an authentic style of means of advertising to this generation and providing a lot of commentary on just the, the you do you like that catchphrase of you do you and people feeling like they need to be true to their authentic self. And we just want to present today the biblical framework and even just provide some talking points on that kind of framework. What is authenticity to a believer? And as a Christian, how do I view being authentic um, to Christ and in that kind of framework? And so, yeah, I think that I'm really excited about this episode. I think it's timely for our time, but also I'm excited that we're going to bring um, really some clear scripture and really, it's not attacking, it's just bringing to light the truth of how the Bible describes and prescribes how we should view ourselves in light of the cross and the resurrection. Totally. And just realizing and just maybe unveiling kind of behind the scenes, not that we're going to be exposing anyone, but it's just more so like, what is really behind what it means to be authentic? Where does this idea even come from and why is it that all of young people, even Christian, young Christians are being swept away and just kind of like cautioning us, let's not get swept away, you know? So good. It's, I'm, yeah. I'm excited about this Absolutely. conversation. And so as we kind of like gear off this conversation, I think it would be powerful for us even in this context to kind of define what what is like self, what is self um, with regards to Christianity. We have like the overarching, overarching story of the gospel, right? And we have this idea of sin nature, right? What is that? How does that come into a line with and what how does Jesus impact that and 
yeah, just that kind of storyline of the gospel from what is self. Is there like a different, there, are there different types of self? Like my, you read scripture and you'll come to like passages just like Second Corinthians 5, 17, where he says, if anyone man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old, all, all this passed away and behold, all things have become new. So I would love Jake, man, if you could talk just a minute about just like, Man, what is that? What does that mean? Old man to new man. Yeah. What does that kind of mean? To give a brief synopsis, is going to be Genesis one shows that man and women are created in the image of God, the imago Dei. Come on. Um, sin, it says in Romans, it teaches us that all sin fallen short of the glory of God, and we are attributed the nature of Adam, who was a sinner, and so therefore every person who is made in the image of God now is transferred the sin of Adam. So we just say we have a sin nature, yes. and we maybe we sometimes you refer to that as the old man, right? But every person has a sin nature, and Christ has come to set us free from sin and to set, uh, uh, make us a child of God and make us really a new creation. Yeah, Second Corinthians five talks about it, and so there's the, the how we should we view self? We should view self as we have a self that is a attached to this Adam, sin nature, but we also have a self which is attached to the firstborn of our many brethren, which is Jesus. Yes. So he is the, he is the firstborn. So we are now, a, once we put faith in Jesus, we have our old self, which we're being transformed out of, and we're being transformed into our new self, or we might say our true self, which is after our, our Savior and our Lord and our brother, Jesus Christ. Exactly. Yes. That's good. So the old, the old me... And like the new me, you could say, like the old me, you know, we see those pictures sometimes. It's like new phone, who dis, right? You know, you're just like, you get that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a new, well, you have like a new identity now. And some sometimes people might look at you and say like, whoa, dude, like who, who dis? Who is that person? Right? Yeah. Um, Zach, when you specifically like, we're, so we're talking about like this sin nature and then we have like this redeemed nature, if we could call it that, the redeemed nature that we have in Christ. Um, when we talk about sin nature, just like, I guess what do we, what do we what do we kind of mean by that sin nature? Is that like temptation? Is that trials? Like I don't know what might that look like for like an average college student yeah. or different things. I like mean, that. it's a lot of stuff like that, and I see a lot of people like I don't know if you feel a certain way, they just immediately vocalize it and identify with it. Wow! And they don't really take that into their heart and take it into their spirit. It's like oh I hate this or I'm so mad at this person. Immediately it's like okay yeah I hate that person and that's like who I am. I just don't agree with that person. I don't like that person at all. And I think, um, there's lots of stuff like that where it's like people get a lot of times tempted sexually, whether it's, um, same sex attraction, whether it's pornography, stuff like that. People will take that and they'll identify with that and they'll say, all right, this is a part of who I am now because I struggle with this. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, um, our struggles are a part of our testimony, but they're not, necessarily who we are it's like if you've yeah, struggled dude, with good. that in the past that doesn't mean that it's a part of you it's a part of your story but it's not a part of who you are in a person that's really good that's really powerful come on dude yeah. and christ's like power of redemption can can breathe life on any part of that yeah i think you're hitting on something powerful which is is this idea of identification where is if you feel something that means that's what you are that's what yeah. you identify as and you brought up very practical examples of being like a watching porn and so people watch porn and they go i am addicted to porn i'm uh, i'm a porn addict or you know alcohol anonymous is a, is a really positive or really popular example they say you know my name is jake and i'm an alcoholic right so we identify with our struggle and i think you're hitting something which is powerful which uh, when we're speaking of identity we have to we have to realize and we have to pinpoint who are we 
Yes. You know, we are not what we're tempted by. We are not what we struggle with. We are we are who God says we it's a song, right? We are who God says we yeah. are, but it's kind of a it's a kind of a corny Christian phrase, but it's true. Yeah. Like we are who God says we are, not what we feel or what we're tempted by. Yeah. And Absolutely. Go for it. Yeah. And Jesus died on the cross to redeem us from that. So if we still go and say that that's still who we are, it kind of, it doesn't glorify everything that Jesus died for. He died to make us a new creation. Um, Like what you were saying earlier, like the old man has passed away. Like he died so that way we can connect with the father and be made right with him. Um, And if we still identify with that, it takes away. 100%. 100%. That's so good. So I guess, okay, so maybe for young Christian who's watching, just like kind of started um, out in their faith and they're kind of in this struggle of, man, these are the things that I maybe have identified with in the past, but now I'm understanding, maybe even as you're watching this video, I'm understanding that these are a part of that old man, that sin nature that Christ is calling me. How would I, where would I go from here? Or like, how do I, how do I bring congruence to the fact? How do I resonate with the fact? How do, how do I wrap my mind around being, feeling like I'm inauthentic to that, that person that I was for so long and now trying to suppress that and pursue like the way of Jesus. What would be like a, a good like step? How would I, where would I go? From it sounds here? like you have a step <laughs> you're asking us and I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to think of a step or some steps, but I'm going to bounce it back to you and have, have you answer your own question, if you would. Yeah, and I think no, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, think, I would have just made something up, and it would have been decent, but it wouldn't have been totally really formulated. So. No, I think no, I think that's really good. And I think just one, I guess, to that person who is struggling with that identity piece, feeling inauthentic, is you're. It's okay. Like it's okay if you feel that little bit of dissonance as you start this new relationship with Christ because you you are in a process of looking more and more like Jesus, yeah. right? Like not when I get saved, it's not all of a sudden like I'm 100% perfect, right? We, we referenced that verse in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 where it says the old me has passed away, old man has passed away, behold, all things have become new, right? And that's with regards to our spirit, man, like who we actually are in our spirit. Yeah, can I, can I comment on something? Pastor Dwayne says this. He says our spirit... So when we when we are born again, yes, our spirit is saved. Right, our soul or our mind and our thinking is being saved, and our bodies will be saved. Right. So there's a coming a day when our bodies, literally, it's going to be buried in the ground. The scriptures teach us that when Christ returns, our bodies will actually be resurrected, just like Jesus's was. Totally. And so our, your spirit, what we got to know is, you are saved. Your spirit is saved once right. once we get born again. Come on. But our soul, our mind, this is where Ezekiel 37 talks about it. It says that your heart of stone will be turned to a heart of flesh. Right. And my my encouragement to someone and to really to myself, because I struggle with the idea of authenticity. I've been persuaded by the world over the years to be true to my authentic self. And I've had to rethink what it means to be a true follower of Jesus scripturally. Yeah. And so what I speak to myself, um, in the process of growing closer to God and growing in my faith and growing in my true identity, it is questioning the lie of culture. You know, mm. it's just like, don't accept everything that culture and commercials and YouTube ads, don't question what music, like question all of those things that are being sold to you. Yeah. Like, what if that's not true? Yes. What if it's not true? And I think that heart, having that Ezekiel 37 soft heart 
and then questioning what we've been sold is the way. And then with your Bible open, this is my mini Bible, uh, with your Bible open to say, God, then who are you? And then who am I and who am, how am I supposed to live? If you have that soft heart and you start questioning what culture is selling you, yeah. you and you have your script, your Bible open, you will go in the right direction. There's obviously other things as well. Yeah. But that, that simple step in realizing that God is faithful to finish the work that he's started in you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I guess, I guess the picture that I'm kind of getting is we, as we start out with our Christian life, it's kind of like we're thrown like a bunch of sand, just kind of like into like into we'll just say like a bucket. We're just a bunch of sand into this bucket, and when the sand is like when the sand is first in there, it's loose, and you can kind of just like throw it around, and you can shake it up, and that sand is like. But if you if you give it time, if you pour water into the sand, it becomes hardened and hardened, and more and more and more solidified. And then if you place it under pressure, there's the right amount of pressure. That sand will actually become stone and like a hard substance and like a sure foundation for your life. And when you start out your Christian faith, you might feel like, whoa, like I, there's all this temptation going around in my life. Like there are all of these things. I feel like I'm not being who I like really am. Like I'm trying to like fight against temptation, fight against sin, do all of these different things. And I feel like I'm being inauthentic to who I really am. And that's like that shaking, right? But if you, the Bible calls, or in, in the Bible, it references God's word as water that's unto the sanctification of our souls. If we'll pour God's word into our heart, continually fill ourselves up with who God says we are, then that identity piece that we have will become more and more solidified. And then as you give it just time, give it time and let the process go out like that. So that identity will be solidified in yourself, Right. I guess what I'm trying to get at here is that being authentic to your old nature and your old man is not going to lead you to life at all. Yeah. So what does that look? What do you feel like that looks like? Like, what does it mean to be authentic to your old self? I would say like practically, like maybe how have you felt it or how have you seen other people live that out? Maybe at college or with friends. Totally. That's a great question. I think so being authentic to your old self would literally, I mean, Zach kind of mentioned it earlier, but it's just like, man, I do whatever feels good in the moment. I do whatever I, I see is best. I do whatever I want to do with my life. Um, I do whatever. Yeah. It makes me yeah, feel how good. I, how I've maybe thought about it is you'd be like, I'm an angry person. You know, I, I'm a lustful person. I'm, you're identifying with your struggle. You'd mentioned it right away in the beginning. Yes. That's how I, I see it playing out, being authentic to your, to your old self. I um, went through this my senior year of high school, I think, where I um, was just kind of doing my thing, and I was in high school, and I had a relationship with the Lord, um, but I started hanging out with some people who um, didn't really, well, they said they were Christians, but um, they weren't really pursuing the Lord um, how they should have been. And I kind of defaulted to that same way. And I started to get more involved just in the high school and what everyone was doing at high school. Um, and part of the way through the year, I kind of realized that I had changed. And um, I had always um, known that God had a calling on my, on my life to be like a positive, uplifting person. And um, I realized I was constantly tearing people down. I was constantly negative. I got in the whole mentality of like, I hate school. 
I can't wait for this to be over. I don't want to be here. And every single day, um, people would ask me how I was doing. I'm like tired. And I just like look at them and I had lost all that positivity that the Lord had put in my life. And, um, one day, um, God just kind of revealed to me. He's like, Zach, you're not like the person who I created you to be right now. And I realized that I had built up thinking that, um, with being around these people, thinking that this was how I was supposed to be. And I'd kind of let culture shifted me. So I had to go. And when I got those thoughts of, oh, I hate this. Or when I got a thought of like, oh, this would be funny if I cracked this joke at um, this person to tear him down. Like um, I started shifting that in my mind and focusing on God and going into prayer every day and asking God to help me with, will you help change my mindset so that I am who you created me to be instead of who I think I am in this moment at school. And that was like my whole mission for senior year was I am just going to bring light and the positivity that I know God has placed inside of yeah. me. I'm going to bring that into this school. Right. So. Yeah. And I think there, I mean, what I hear from your story is just, you had a, sh- a shift in identity of placing your identity in the environment that you're in, placing your identity in the people who are influencing you around to restoring your identity back to, back to the Lord. Yeah. And Jake, I like, yeah, I love what you s- said there of just like identifying exactly you alluded to too, identifying with your struggle it's like, man, we as Christians, like, we're not going to avoid struggles in our life. That's not it. Jesus said, he said that we, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world, right? But the temptation of culture is to look at your struggles, to look at those different things that you deal with on a day-to-day basis and to view them as unchangeable parts of your identity. Yeah. And what God is saying to us today is that, those aren't identity pieces. Those are things that maybe you do right now, things that maybe affect you, maybe ways that you respond like without thinking, but those are changeable pieces of your identity. Those are changeable pieces of who you are as a person. Yeah, I think to piggyback off that, I think so many um, young people, maybe it's not, maybe it's more a millennial thing. I don't know if it is Gen Z. But like personality tests are a huge deal, right? Enneagram, uh, strengths finders, you know, disc assessments, and we can we can so identify with descriptions of a type of person that we box ourselves in. And you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I know people that are like just sold out on the Enneagram. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That are like yeah. they have all these coded conversations about Enneagram and I can't understand. It's like a different <laughs> language. And I'm just sitting there like I think they can be helpful. Totally. But but to like pit ourselves in a corner to say like, I'm a seven, six, four, whatever you are, right. six wing two. And I'm only going to date a seven, and, six, yeah, four. Exactly. <laughs> and we like, we, we overemphasize this assessment and we say, this is who I am. And we, we, we cling to the negative attributes of an assessment and say, these are my weaknesses. And we're like, but it's, it's like, those like, I'm not alone. And so I don't have to work on my weakness, you know? And it's just like, mm. that is not the way of a Christian, Colossians 3, 3 talks about, it says, you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Yeah. And so that means I I, I use the, I personally use those tests, you know, and it, and it helps me maybe make sense of some certain situations, but I never, I never identify with it. You know what I mean? Like I am a, I am a righteous son of God. I am chosen. I am above reproach. I am, 
completely forgiven. I'm a world shaker and a history maker, like my dad told me I am, and and I and I am all these things. And it's like, oh yeah, and maybe I'm a three wing two or two wing three, whatever. Like that might help me, but like it's not who I am. And I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not going to say these weaknesses are my weaknesses. That might be. They might be like bents that I have, but it's not who I am. Yes. Those things are subject to change because I'm in Christ. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And viewing this from a lens like apart from Christ, like, yeah, if we didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of us, if we didn't have the spirit of the living God, live, literally living, breathing inside of us, we might be pigeonholed to these types of things. But as Christians, as followers of Jesus, he's placed the ability, like the same ability that literally raised Christ from the dead, like that lives inside of us. And he placed the ability to change within us. And it's a person, the Holy Spirit. And right? It's the grace of God. It's yeah, we don't change ourselves, but we, through prayer and spiritual disciplines, we we get to change. We get to, we get to grow to become more like our Savior Jesus. We get to become more like Him. Exactly. In every aspect. Come on. Yeah. No, that's so good. That's I, so good. I, I know some people who take personality. They're like, I bet you Peter was a one. You know, I'm like, <laughs> no. stop trying to put Enneagram numbers on the apostles, okay? But, <laughs> yeah, that's so it's funny. like just so funny as we get into this. And it's like, listen, you are a new creation. Allow Jesus to define you. Go to the scriptures. Like, like your true authentic self, and you, you alluded to it, Jared, but like our true self is often a lie. The things that I identify most with are the negative aspects of who I am, right? Yeah. And the true self that I am, like I am not able to identify who I am. We are, we are, we are sovereign individuals, but we're also limited individuals. Yeah. You can look in a mirror and see what you look like, but you cannot identify who you are. Your parents name you, your parents raise you, your parents treat you, and then you interpret the world in a certain way. But you're not able to identify who you are. And if it's based on a feeling, feelings are subject to change. You know, and so that that's that's subjective. It's temporary, but God, who says His word endures forever, yes, from the beginning of creation, His word is endured and it's Come eternal. On. It's never going to fade away. Yeah, grass withers, the, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Yes, and this is an eternal perspective, and it says the truth. It says you will know the truth, and the truth will set you set free. you free. See, when we're so subjective to our own opinions and personalities and feelings. We're actually bound. We think we're free because we're able to make the decision, but we've actually shackled ourselves by our opinions and our feelings. Yes. And the only freedom is the one is through Christ and through not even just claiming him as Lord, but actually denying ourselves. That's the only place that true freedom is, is because now I'm actually subject to the one who is the only trustworthy master of my life. We all have a master. I'm preaching now. Come on. We all have a master. We do. If your master might be yourself, but you have a master and it is called your sin nature and that thing will lead you to death. Yes. But we do, we, so we have a master. Everyone has a master. You can't get around it. I just want my master to be Jesus. Yes. He's a faithful master. He's, he's my master who, who literally entered into our world as God got beaten. He lived a perfect life and died on a cross for me. He says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He's the gracious, merciful, suffering servant. And I want him to be my master. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm preaching. I this want him to message. tell me who I am. Yes. yes. He's the only one. He's from the beginning to end. Yes. So. Yeah. I love how you said... Um, so, like, type an amen in the chat. I was <laughs> That was good. Fire <laughs> emoji like right now. Like Come it. on. <laughs> um, I like how you said, let Jesus define you. Because um, you were saying, like, we're incapable of defining ourselves. We are, um, like, our sin nature 
if we try and let our sin nature define us instead of the perfect father who created us and he created us for such a time as this and he created us with a purpose and he put in our gifts and our abilities for a reason he made us for a reason and if we sit there and we're like well i just feel this way right now how is that supposed to that doesn't trump god we don't know more than god knows he knows us completely he knows every hair on our head so we should trust him and believe him with who he says that we are instead of taking that into our own hands and i think that's like kind of the big thing we're getting at with culture is culture saying oh take who you are in your own hands yeah define yourself you know who you are right you just have to believe who you are based off yourself and we just need to know who we are based off of God, not off of ourselves. Come on, dude, that's so good. I like when I'm thinking about just this idea of identity and who we who we are to God and why he has like the authority to tell us who we are, right? As And to who we are authentically, who our authentic selves are. I think of Psalms 139, verse 15 through 16, and it says, My frame was not hidden from you, you being God in this context. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place and skillfully wrought in the lower parts, lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written the days that were fashioned for me when yet there was none of them. God, literally, when we were before we were born, he knew us when we were in our mother's womb. And he even went to the great length of writing every single one of our days out in a book, right? Now, we are currently living out that book right now as Christians. Like, we're living out, well, Christians, non-Christians, every single person. Like, we're living out that book, right? But we only see one page at a time. Now, imagine, like, an author of a book, like, ripped out one page and then gave it to some random person on the, on the street and said, okay, now I want you to name the book, I want you to name the book. Give it an identity. I want you to name this book based off what you read on this one page. They could do it. They could come up with a name, but they would be missing so much of the rest of the story. They'd be missing. Their title might not encompass the, the breadth of everything that, they, that the author had originally written about. Now, here's my point here. Is God is our author. He's written every single one of our days. Like in a book, he's written all of the pages of our life and we're currently living that out page by page, but we only see one page at a time. And if we want to try to identify ourselves based off the limited page that we see right now, we're going to fall short. We're going to miss the breadth of what God had actually designed for our life. But if we go back to the author who can see from the beginning all the way to the end, he can see every single page and the beauty of what he had created and he say, God, who am I authentically to you? God, would you bring me back to you? God, what, what is my title? What is the title of my book supposed to be? Who am I to you? What is my identity? The author who sees from the beginning to the end is going to give you the best identity you could ever imagine and the most full identity that's going to make use of the entire book. Yeah, I, can I add to your analogy? Absolutely. In our, in, our, in our world, right, we're authentic. You might think, or I might think that I'm the main character of my book, but I'm not. And you are not the main character of your book. Christ is the center of every book yes. that's written. That's good. Because the narrative is that in your story, a man named Jesus, who is God, came and died for your sins. And so you think your book is about you and living a great life and being a good person. It is not. All of our books 
although we have things that happen and pain points and we have different things, the main point, the main narrative of our story is that Jesus entered. Right. And so it's not just, I'm just adding, I get what you're saying and I agree with it. And I think it's a great analogy, but I think we can get law. It, it may be, we might, we might be tempted to think that we're the main character. Yeah. And it's like, God cares about us, but like it, he cares good, about dude. us in light of the, in light of the story of Jesus. Right. And in every person's story, a man named Jesus has come and come offered on. a sacrifice for sin. And that is worth um, considering. Yes, 100%. 100%. Cool. As we kind of wrap up um, this We just did that look of like, here. we were like, are we... Are we done? <laughs> you got any more thoughts? <laughs> yeah, that's the so look. Yeah. yeah. As we kind of wrap up our podcast here, this has been so fun. Would love just like a 30 second, do we do this on our almost all of our access podcasts of just like a 30 second recap, just like, man, if I could sum up just what like my takeaway from this message was, I'll start with Jake and then head it over to you, Zach. All right. Yeah. Yeah. My, my takeaway would be to question the narrative of culture. Yeah. And it's a scary thing to question the flow of traffic and of the flow of the, the current, but question it and then go to God in the scriptures and, and to, to really search what does it mean to be a person that follows Jesus Yes, and question it with a soft heart and realize that your true life, Colossians 3, 3 says it, our true life is hidden in Christ. That is our true life, right? The true self, the true authentic self is not found within, it is found in the cross, in the resurrection, and in the life of Jesus. Right. So study that man, study what he says, study what he did, and go to him realizing that he is present with us, like he says in Matthew 28, that I will never leave you or forsake you. He will, ne- he will be with us till the end of the age. Yes. Realize that your true self is in that man, Jesus Christ, not in your own self. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, don't look to yourself for your identity look to God. You're made in his image and ask him, how do you see me, Lord? Who am I in you? Because, you know, you're going to hear so many things throughout the day, people trying to tell you who you are, yourself trying to tell you who you are. The only um, opinion that matters about who you are is the person who created you. That is so good. Come on. So good. Well, Jake, Zach, thanks for joining me today on the Access Podcast. Super awesome. We love you guys. We'll see you next time on our next podcast here at Access. Peace. Hey, if you found this video helpful, go ahead and hit the like button and comment your favorite part of this video. And then do us a huge favor. Go and subscribe to the channel and share this episode with a friend that you think it could help.